0: heard Dave Bradley in uh, an earlier newscast saying the only thing is doing really well throughout this pandemic seems to be housing. Uh, they, the value of houses keeps going up and up and up. And according to Treb, they released their De- December housing report today. And there's no surprise. It's up again. Average home prices continue a streak of monthly double-digit gains right through to the end of the year, climbing 24.4%. The average house in the GTA, $1.16 million. (whistles) So that's out of most people's range of affordability, to say the least. If I had to get into the housing market right now, it wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be getting in. And I know there's a lot of people that are really concerned about not only themselves, but their uh, loved ones, their kids that the prospect of owning a house in the future, it doesn't look good. So I'd like to welcome Paul Kershaw, who is a professor at University of British Columbia School of Population Health um, and founder of Generation Squeeze to the show. Paul, I was reading about you today in the Toronto Star, and you are proposing a surtax on houses over a million dollars, and you think that this actually could disrupt the gap between housing prices and wages. Can you maybe elaborate on what you're proposing here?
1: Yeah, well, I'm coming to you from Metro Vancouver today. And just as you described in the Toronto region, we've had skyrocketing pro- uh, prices again in housing. I'll give you my story. BC assessment told me just a couple of days ago that my home went up by half a million dollars over the last year while I slept and watched TV, which is so much more wealthy to gained than by comparison to the hard work I do as a prof working 50 hours a week. And so we're saying in this report that it's time to just be clear and signaling as a society and as policymakers that restore affordability for all, we minimally need home prices to stall to give earnings a chance to catch up over the next years. And to do that, we need to start using our policy tools differently. And so we've we've seen governments now introduce a price on pollution to lower our emissions and tackle climate change. And similarly, now is the time to put a modest price on housing inequity to try and apply a downward pressure on the skyrocketing housing prices that have landed us in this unaffordability crisis. And we suggest starting by adding a small surtax, less than 1%, and only on the value of homes that's over a million bucks. Now, that's going to be a bunch of your listeners, and they're already going to be angry at me when saying this. And I'm not implying you're Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk and the trillionaires. But we need to be in a competition for an ad to reimagine what these affluents mean and you might make sixty or $70,000, but if you're in a home, you're owning a home over a million bucks in the GTA, that's a fundamentally different experience than somebody earning the same amount and they're trying to get by as a renter and or those who are struggling so much more and ending up in social housing or on the street.
0: But what about the people that are in you know, um, million-dollar homes that really shouldn't be valued at that? And they got in a long time ago, and they've watched their um, investment climb but they didn't expect it, you know, housing to be treated as an investment. Like people are parking money into it and they're thinking, okay, instead of the stock market, I'm buying houses here. So they're just, you know, massing a bunch of houses that they're keeping. I mean, is is one of the thoughts, but the, they, they are not responsible. The people have been in houses for years for them going up and up and up in value. And now you're saying, okay, wait a minute, you're going to have to spend some money. They might not be wealthy people at the end of the day. Why should they have to pay a
1: surtax? Well, I think that's in many respects exactly the group of people that we're trying to attract to kind of lean in and help us solve this problem. Because I guess we're saying it's time to ask the 10% of Canadians owning the highest value real estate, and you're in that category if you're owning something over a million bucks, to then tolerate a small price on housing inequity in order to demonstrate a kind of allegiance to the Canadian dream that a good home should be in reach for what hard work can earn. And people might be like saying, hey, I didn't you know I didn't intend for this to happen. Mm-hmm. But we are part of a system that tolerates it. So think about it this way: just like offshore tax shelters motivate moving money out of Canada to preserve assets, and we think that's often a bit of a national betrayal, we have this home ownership tax shelter that motivates many, many of us to get entangled or to even bank on the idea of rising home prices to gain wealth. But the moment our system turns home ownership into an investment strategy in which regular households are counting, it then tolerates our crushing the affordability of homes for those who follow in our footsteps.
0: But so there are a saying, lot of people that didn't, sorry, if I can just interject for That's a sec, because cool. I think it's interesting what you're saying, And but I, I think there are a lot of people listening. They're saying, wait a minute, I didn't buy a house to gain wealth. I bought a house to have some, a roof over my head. And now my home is is worth $1.5 million for some reason. I didn't anticipate it going here. Uh, you know, they might feel horrible about the fact it's worth that much because they're. what are their kids going to do? But they also run a fixed income now, and to say that they owe money each year, they might be terrified of that. So maybe can you spell out that really? there's yeah. another part of this plan that you've got in mind here?
1: That's brilliant. and I really appreciate your pointing me to that. So we are recognizing that some people may have become house rich, but could continue to be cash constrained. And we don't want to be jeopardizing those people's circumstances in terms of their day to day or annual income. So we designed this proposed price on housing equity to say you would accrue it each year, but you wouldn't pay it until the sale of the home or the home is inherited and so somebody who bought a home a while ago for 250,000 and it's now, you know, well over a million, that's precisely the kind of person who has lots of equity in their home, lots of a wealth windfall to be able to tap into when the home is sold to contribute to the broader goal of two things one saying, we want to have policy signal, we don't want home prices to keep rising. And for those people like me who have really benefited in recent years, ask us to contribute more to the both creating affordable rental and co-op housing in our communities and to contributing to the cost of child care and elder care and medical care that the pandemic has revealed we so badly need.
0: So this new surtax, which you're proposing, um it is is going to go back into creating uh, the you know uh, to 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 creating new affordable housing?
1: Yeah, that's the idea that we could use it in particular to scale up some deeply affordable homes that we would create in, in co op or or purpose built rental settings, and we'd simultaneously design them to be energy efficient, so they help contribute to our climate change goals as well. I guess at bottom, here's what I would say. You know, we do know that the saying or the expression, a person's home is her castle and look, our homes, that's a sacred place where we have refuge and security, we build our families, raise our kids, but we are cheapening what's sacred about home when we make it harder, harder for everyone to access them by protecting tax shelters at the expense of real shelters. And you might be already saying, but some of us didn't go about doing that. But if we're part of a system that protects that tax shelter, which incentivizes some, then the overall system gets reinforced by our own you know tolerating of those shelters. And that is what we're asking right now, Canadians to reconsider and contribute to you know the idea to restore affordability for all. We need home prices to stall so that earnings can eventually catch up.
0: Do you really believe that this is going to stall home prices?
1: Yeah, it's not a panacea. There is no silver bullet. Uh, But there is silver buckshot. We need to use every tool in our toolbox. And the problem is right now, I don't hear the Ontario government saying we want home prices to stall. I don't hear the B.C. government saying. I don't hear the federal government saying that. And if we don't have clarity on that being the goal, we have nothing. We'll just continue to have a range of policy signals. Some fuel the housing market to keep driving home prices up. Some say, but we want to supply affordable housing. And we're conflicted. And that's in the middle of that conflict. We continue to see the problem get worse and worse and worse even amid a pandemic.
0: But buckshot might not kill you, but it, it could really hurt a lot of people.
1: Well, the status quo is harming so many people. We are making it so much harder for hard work to pay off for younger generations and newcomers of any age. So yeah, I'm willing to say that, you know the, the person in the million-dollar-plus home who might be cash writ- a home-rich but cash-constrained, we need to be worried about that person. But notice we're focusing on the circumstances of those who already own homes. Putting a modest price on housing inequity is intending to address the unfairness of a housing system that is preventing younger generations, renters, and newcomers of any age from finding a place to call home at all.
0: So what happens now with your surtax idea? I mean, do you float it to politicians and say, hey, can you run with this? Do you, you know, What are the odds of this happening? Because I have to be honest with you, I love talking about this stuff, but I don't really see
1: it happening. Yeah, Well, I'm not here to say that I'm convinced there's a provincial or federal government ready to run with this. What we need to do is to try and get the hearts and minds of more and more Canadians saying, yeah, you know what, we need to do more than our country has already done. This seems like one reasonable measure. 90% of Canadians aren't going to pay a penny more. 10% in, in the most affluent homes would be asked to pay a modest amount in allegiance to this goal that a good home should be in reach. And we need to build this groundswell of cultural support for the idea so we create political cover for politicians to act courageously to address this massive and harmful gap between housing prices and earnings. And so it's all of us. It's not a problem of politicians not acting. It's because Canadians are not saying loudly enough, it's time for us to really creatively disrupt the damaging status quo, which is creating inequality and complacency amongst many people like me, who we get more wealthy from our rising home prices, but often think about the hardship it's causing those who are outside of the housing market still trying to look in.
0: Paul, I want to thank you very much. I don't think you've made a lot of friends today in the listening audience, but it's interesting uh, hearing different viewpoints and, and ideas, and I do appreciate you sharing yours.
1: Thanks. And do bring on those angry emails and phone calls. We're ready for them. But in a few years, we hope we'll change a range of hearts and minds. And even sooner than that, change policy.
0: All right. Paul Kershaw is professor at the University of British Columbia School of Population Health. And uh, he's the founder of Generation Squeeze.